Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, October 9th. In today's news, the fiancé of journalist Jamal Khashoggi speaks about his disappearance. President Trump is announcing a pro-ethanol policy today to improve Republican hopes in the Midwest. And Google covered up a bug that imperiled user data for months. But first, the big idea. Please repeat after me. I, Brett M. Kavanaugh, do solemnly swear. I, Brett M. Kavanaugh, do solemnly swear. That I will administer justice without this. Trump continued to politicize Brett Kavanaugh's contentious Supreme Court confirmation during a ceremonial swearing-in ceremony at the White House on Monday night. He even apologized to his newly minted justice. On behalf of our nation, I want to apologize to Brett and the entire Kavanaugh family for the terrible pain and suffering you have been forced to endure. Those who step forward to serve our country deserve a fair and dignified evaluation, not a campaign of political and personal destruction based on lies and deception. Mitch McConnell got an extended standing ovation from the crowd as he entered the East Room for the event. Kavanaugh thanked the majority leader and the president for sticking by him after multiple women accused him of sexual assault, allegations he denied. I am grateful for your steadfast, unwavering support throughout this process. And I'm grateful to you and Mrs. Trump for the exceptional, overwhelming courtesy you have extended to my family and me. Mr. President, thank you for everything. Ashley Parker, who was in the room for us, said it felt like a cross between a campaign rally and a wedding reception. The ceremony included cocktails and a band. John Cornyn, the number two in GOP leadership, joked on Twitter that he was drinking champagne, not the beer that the judge might prefer. This is all pretty unusual for an occasion that's typically quite solemn. In fact, Justices Sonia Sotomayor and Elena Kagan, Barack Obama's two appointees to the high court, opted not to participate in White House ceremonies to celebrate their confirmations at all. It was a show of independence that Obama welcomed. This is Trump's second ceremony. He also had one for Neil Gorsuch last year. Attendees at the Kavanaugh celebration included Fox News host Laura Ingram, who's been one of his biggest cheerleaders during his trials and tribulations over the past several weeks. Also in the House, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, who became close friends with Kavanaugh when they worked as lieutenants for Ken Starr during the investigation that led to Bill Clinton's impeachment in the 90s. By the way, Rosenstein, who oversees special counsel Bob Mueller's work, flew with Trump on Air Force One to Florida earlier yesterday. After they flew together, the president said he plans to keep Rosenstein on the job and won't fire him. A White House spokesman confirmed that the two talked for about half an hour, but refused to offer any specifics about what kind of commitments might have been made. Back at the Kavanaugh ceremony, Trump used the event to press a message he thinks resonates with his base supporters in the face of the Me Too movement. A man or a woman must always be presumed innocent unless and until proven guilty. And with that, I must state that you, sir, under historic scrutiny, were proven innocent. Thank you. 
In fact, no definitive conclusions were reached during the confirmation process regarding Christine Blasey Ford's allegation that Kavanaugh sexually assaulted her when both were in high school. There were also no firm conclusions regarding the accusations of sexual misconduct in high school and college by two other women. Now that he's on the bench, Justice Kavanaugh will have the opportunity to quickly make his mark. His first vote as a member of the Supreme Court could come as soon as today or maybe tomorrow on a Trump administration request testing executive power. Trump's lawyers are appealing a New York judge's order that Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross must sit for a deposition regarding his order to include a question on the 2020 census about citizenship. Documents have suggested that Ross was less than truthful when testifying before Congress about how the question got added to the draft form. Civil rights advocates are trying to get the question struck on the grounds that it was added with discriminatory intent. Kavanaugh has written in the past that senior executive branch officials shouldn't get deposed because it distracts them from their core job duties. He could offer the key vote to block Ross from needing to answer questions under oath. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Turkish officials say they believe prominent Saudi journalist Jamal Khashoggi was killed inside the Saudi consulate in Istanbul as part of a planned murder. Khashoggi is a critic of the Saudi government and contributes to the global opinion section of the Washington Post. He went to the Saudi consulate with his fiancée about a week ago to finalize papers for their wedding. His fiancée waited outside, but Khashoggi never came out. She told two Washington Post reporters in Istanbul, quote, I no longer feel like I am really alive. Turkish officials say they believe a team of 15 Saudis carried out the killing. Saudi officials insist that Khashoggi left alive through a back entrance. If Khashoggi's death is confirmed, it would represent a new level of audacity in Saudi Arabia's clampdown on dissent under Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman. Though he paints himself as a reformer, Mohammed has shown himself to be ruthless in confronting any challenge to his power, jailing activists and dissenters, even members of his own family. The Washington Post editorial board is demanding the immediate release of any relevant information on Khashoggi's disappearance. Number two. Trump will announce a pro-ethanol policy at a rally in Iowa tonight as part of a bid to woo rural voters in the Midwest ahead of the midterms. Iowa is the country's largest ethanol producer. It's also one of the states projected to be hardest hit by Trump's trade wars with China. The president won Iowa in 2016. So tonight he's going to Council Bluffs for a political event where he'll announce that he's ordered the EPA to draft a rule allowing year-round sales of E15, or fuel that is 15% ethanol by volume. This is controversial and unpopular with many, including conservative economists, but it will play well with the farmers in that part of northwest Iowa, and it could help boost GOP candidates in tight races, including a governor's race that looks neck and neck. Number three, back in March, Google discovered a bug that imperiled the personal data of hundreds of thousands of Google Plus users, but the company kept it a secret until Monday. The decision to not immediately report the software bug in the search giant's social media offering was made after those inside the company expressed concern that announcing the possible breach could lead to increased scrutiny from regulators. Google said the decision to keep quiet was also made because they were unsure exactly how many users were affected or whether the data had actually been misused. Google discovered the security bug the very same month that the Cambridge Analytica scandal broke. Facebook was under heavy fire for allowing people affiliated with the Trump campaign's digital consulting firm to collect personal data on 87 million users. Google didn't want to be part of the political pile-on that followed. 
As it revealed the bug on Monday, Google announced that it will mostly discontinue Google+. The company will also impose new limits on data shared with advertisers about users of Gmail. And that's The Daily 202 for Tuesday, October 9th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you.